Time for Gene Shepard, humorist, after-dinner speaker, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for as a former beetle? I have a, a note here from uh, someone who says uh, they keep seeing this in the news and they want to know what kind of a beetle this is. They know about Japanese beetles and, uh, you know, uh, uh, giant pincer beetles, but what the hell is a former beetle? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, all I can say, to, uh, I also have a note here is uh, Arafat is better than none. <laughs> That's like, well, that was a bit of graffiti I saw on Twenty Third Street. I don't, I don't invent this stuff. I mean, uh, I just walk around and and uh, you know just see these things. Uh, and uh, here, uh, there's a question from one of the listeners it says, "Whatever became of Morty Gundy?" Well, the next question is, was there ever a Morty Gundy? Well, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm just uh, you know throwing these things out for what they are, and uh, you know you have to do the best you can. And, uh, you know, you, you fight your way through it. Uh, here's another question uh, so from uh, the same listener. Whatever became of J. Fred Buzzhart? Well, wasn't J. Fred Buzzhart that, that monkey that was on the morning with uh, Garraway years ago? Yeah, J. Fred Buzzhart. He was a monkey, and he was on in the morning there. And uh, there was this lady that did this ding-dong school thing, and she was on there all the time. Yeah, Jay, of course, I remember. And and he used to wear a diaper, the monkey, yeah. And occasionally played a kazoo. Very good. Okay, thank you. Next question. Let's see what else we have here in the way of questions. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, uh, whatever happened to Rowan and Martin? Well, that's a question that William Morris, the agency, has been asking for some time. Of course, these things happen. They you come and go. It's just like whatever happened to the Smothers Brothers. Well, uh, that's right, nothing. That's exactly what really bugged them at William Morris. So would you please hit our uh, applaud there. there. Give, let's hear it a little bit. Come on, just hit the first one. That's it. Well, that's good enough. I wanted the other one. That's okay. Right. Hold, come on, come on. I said, stop it, stop it now. I'm just a serious program. This is the question and answer man here. I, look now, I'm doing the best I can. What the hell with this budget? We have to do the best we can. It says here... Has anyone ever seen John Denver and Shirley MacLaine together? That's a good question. That is a very good question. Uh, you know, uh, Shirley's been having a pretty tough time with her career. She's been flailing around. And it could be that she's leading another life. But uh, I leave that only open to, or maybe it's John Denver that's, I don't know. It gets confusing, you know, in this unisex world. So would you please give me another unisex? No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, cut it out. 
That lap was stolen. Lock, stock, and barrel from... Sure. From um, Elaine Nichols. <laughs> or was it Elaine... Or Mike May. Or, uh, or, yeah, no, these these little groups that come along, you know. Uh, Arafat is better than none. Well, uh... <laughs> Who was it that was always addressing people as you silly balloon? Well, uh, you don't know. Well, all right. You've come to the right person. This is the question and answer man. And uh, the, the phrase, you you silly balloon, appeared in innumerable commercials uh, spoken by one commercial character. She said, oh, you silly balloon. And uh, she'd go on. Now, since you don't know, that shows that you're not as in tune to contemporary pop society as you think you are. Okay? I'll ask you another uh, question, question. You know, the question and answer man also asks questions. He doesn't only answer them. This is a kind of a sneaky question and answer man. For example, uh, you all recall the girl that played in the famous commercial with the heart-shaped meatloaf. All right. What was the name of the musical that she starred in immediately afterward and that bombed, bombed? You don't remember. All right. See, there you go. See, that's what I mean. You're flailing, flailing, flailing. <laughs> question and answer right here. Uh, we have a question here from a listener who writes, uh, Are you sure that Hallicrafters ever made television sets with round screens? Yes, I am sure. As a matter of fact, buddy, that shows how your ignorance is beginning to show. Hallicrafters was one of the very first companies to come out with commercial television uh, that were actually sold. And they, they, they had a, a TV set that was not only had a round screen, it was a little five-inch round screen, but it had a metal cabinet. It looked very much like a... a no, it looked kind of an interesting-looking set. No, no, it did not give you any shocks. And it worked beautifully. Curiously enough, because of the, the, the size of the screen... The set had very good definition, and uh, it, it had a metal, a gray enameled cabinet, very much like a communications receiver. It looked like a piece of communications gear, and uh, it was very popular. By the way, if you can pick up one of these, it's quite a collector's item today. It's a Hallicrafters. Uh, Hallicrafters, incidentally, also turned out one of the first commercial FM tuners. That's so. And uh, Zenith later came out with a big round screen television set. Now, I'll ask you a question. Who came out with a television set that was, in fact, totally round, including even the cabinet? It was a round television set. And it was mounted on a, on a swivel so that the TV set could be moved around. It, you, could, you could turn it around, you know, to face other parts of the room. It was on a, a pedestal. Now, how's that for a question for you? Uh, it was not a Japanese set, which is the first thing you think of, probably. But uh, this was, no, it was, a, it was a television set that was round, and it looked like, what it looked like, really, it looked like a space helmet. If you see, you know, a space helmet with the front there, you know how the, the, the big visor that they wear, and it's a great big thing. No, Dumont, get out. Dumont turned out high-quality stuff. You just, uh, don't guess. If you know... Answer. Don't just hold up a name. RCA? No. Uh, Dumont did not turn that set out. <laughs> All, right, I'll no. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Cut it out. Damn it. I'm doing this show. Now, listen. I'll tell you. You talk about television. Everybody has, 
has uh, you know memories about TV, early TV. You know that's getting to be a very big thing. You know the trivia of early television, and uh, you know people say uh, who played uh, uh, Lucy's husband in I Love Lucy. You know that kind of stuff. Who played uh, Jackie Gleason's wife in The Honeymooners in the early original series? Who played uh, Goebel's wife? George Goebel had a, had probably the, the the first smash hit husband and wife type sitcom. George Goebel, who played his wife, and what was the wife's name? Well, that's not enough. What was Goebel's name in the in the in the uh, script? You know, Jackie Gleason's name was not Jackie Gleason in the Honeymooners. What was his name? All right, okay. So Alice what? See, you're really dumb. That's the problem with most people. So, uh, nevertheless, I, you know, these other questions have to be, you know, have to be, you know, have to be brought out. Now, how many of you, uh, speaking of top smash hit television shows, everybody talks about Howdy Doody, which uh, was not really that big. I'll tell you who was bigger than Howdy Doody in his day, and, and on at the same time. Came on in prime time at 6 o'clock, a kid show. Correct. Pinky Lee. Right. Now, I'll ask you a true question. What was Pinky Lee's real name? He was not born Pinky. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. All right, another question now. Uh, Pinky Lee was on, and, and uh, there were people on the show with him. He didn't just come out and do this thing by himself. There was a girl who was always on the show with Pinky Lee. Who was that girl? Still around, incidentally. Now, there was a very big space drama that was on well before Star Trek. And it was, it was a you know, big kid show. And it was done live. It was done live all the time. What was it called? Uh, space Patrol was one of them, but there was one even bigger than that. You're getting there very close. And who played the star? And... Uh, it killed him, uh, his career, because he became so identified with the role he never could get another job. Everybody said, the, you know, that's, that's this guy. Superman, no, no. This was a space epic. You're, 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 your guesses are so terrible, they're just embarrassing. Now, I'm talking about a space epic. All right, now, now we'll go even further. This is a question and answer, man. I'll ask you some questions. Uh, here's another one. What was the first big... Uh, show that was a big smash hit on television and everybody watched it for some unknown reason I can't tell why but it was a singing group and it is not the King's family nor was it Mitch Miller it was a singing group and they had this big show every week <laughs> led by a famous a guy who had been a band leader and then gradually became a leader of a choir until finally he had this big choir all the time. I'll give you a clue. He was he was uh, named his group was named after a state, like uh, Al Murphy and the Californians. Correct, Fred Waring and his Pennsylvanians. Did you know they had one of the... See, you're just guessing. You did not know they had a big television show. <laughs> she didn't. No, because no, this is true TV trivia. Now, I'll ask uh, a few other questions along that line. I mean, you're curious. Uh, what 
uh, there was a show that purportedly, a cop show, purportedly set in New York City. By the way, I appeared in some of the episodes of it. I was doing a lot of acting, and I worked on the show. When I first came to New York, it was in its last days that that series was very popular in its day, and I was on about the last four or five episodes occasionally. Twice I was shot. <laughs> what was the name of the show? It was done. It was all about New York. And, and, and they invariably wound up... By the way, I'll give you one other clue. Today, of course, all television shows that purport to be about police wind up with the great chase, right? They all, and it's always a car. Now, if it isn't a car, it's a helicopter versus a car. If it isn't a helicopter versus a car, it's a blimp versus a yacht. But it's always a lot of equipment running around. This one wound up invariably with guys running over the rooftops of New York. That was the big chase. They're always running on the roofs. For some reason or other, the criminals always went up to the top, and they wound up getting, uh, getting trapped, and they went from roof to roof. What was the show? Oh, it's a good show. By the way, I'll give you one other clue. The, the, the star of the show is now a spokesman on a series of television commercials, and he even uses his name, the star of the show. Well, uh, you see, that's how fame is. People don't remember. I, I thought that would be the first one you'd get. You know, talk about a, a, a cop show that's about New York and you don't remember it. That's unbelievable. Because this show, by the way, this show set the style for Beretta. It set, it, 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 it's the kind of show, if you look at the, the old reruns of the show, you'll see a lot, of, uh, a lot of overtones of Beretta and a lot of other New York-type police shows. Kojak, for example... It has that grimy uh, shoot 'em out on the street quality, and they shot it on the streets of New York, Naked City. I mean, how dumb can you get? I mean, that's really fame. I mean, when when, when people forget that, I mean, that's terrible. All right, okay. Uh, I'll I'll ask you another one. One of the very earliest guys that had he was a top ten. This is a fantastic uh, uh, rise and fall. I knew this guy because. I was going to college at the time, and I happened to do a show. I was, I, you must understand, I started as a performer, as an entertainer in this business, at roughly the age of 14 or 15. Well, no, I've been in it all my life. And, and, uh, and I, I, I remember I was in college, and I did a show once with this guy who was making a public appearance. And he had a fantastic, phenomenal rise and a spectacular fall. So much so that you probably won't even know who I'm talking about when I even tell you his name. And he was one of the top ten television shows of the day. And more than that, his record, a record that he made, is one of the top ten all-time best-selling singles. Right now, this moment, one of the top. It's like White Christmas. He made a single that was, uh, that was is, is in the class of... Uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and White Christmas. These are big, fantastic, unbelievable singles, you know, that, that went on millions. Now, I'll tell you what he did. He played the piano. And he, one of the things he did on the show, now this is a big network show, not a local show. One of the things that he did, uh, he would, they put a, a cloth over the piano and he would play it through the cloth. Sounds weird, but he did. Well, I'm sorry. I'll give you a clue. His his name, his his initials are A M. 
A.M. He was he was so big at one. No, no, no. He's not big now. No, no. You would not even know the name. Probably don't know the name. Uh, but, but that's the irony of it all. Is and and I've often thought that somebody really writing a, a novel about fame could take a guy like this because true, uh, let's say rise and fall means people don't even remember you after you've been there. <laughs> and you're the biggest thing since God at the time, and then all of a sudden they forget, huh? Well, his record was uh, was a, a, a revival of an old uh, hill country hit of the order of Tennessee Waltz, and of the order of uh, old things like Good Night Irene, and he sang with a high falsetto quavering voice as he played the piano. Well, it doesn't matter. I'll just let that drop, because even if I tell you, you'll be very disappointed. You'll say, oh, who, who's that? So, no, I'm not going to tell you. For uh, Only the very special few out there who, who, re, who really have a memory <laughs> will I, I'll admit to this uh, little august uh, group. He, he was so big. Well, I don't want to get into that. All right, well, how, about, how about other shows now? How about who was the guy that came on and used to do dramatic shows? He had a dramatic show, and he also appeared, curious, now come on, don't start jumping ahead. You've got a bad habit. No, seriously. A dramatic show, his, his own dramatic show, it, it, like it would be the John Smith show, right? And uh, he would come on, and he would do scenes with other actors, and he also had, as part of the show, he played with a dummy. It was not Edgar Bergen. This was serious. He used to do dramatic uh, things. Who was that? A dummy. Uh, you know, uh, just like uh, Charlie McCarthy or something. He used to do a scene and then with this dummy, and then he would he would have a little dramatic program, like a dramatic, very strange show. And it was very big for a while. All right, I'll give you a clue to that. His name was the same, uh, his last name was the same as the last name of a famous columnist of the past. I'll give you another clue. It ain't Wilson. <laughs> All right. How about that one? Now, there was there was another one. Uh, you know, I'm asking you. These, these are true trivia questions of television as opposed to the usual movie trivia. Here's another one for you to mull over here. Uh, during the, the absolute smash heyday of the so-called variety shows, when they used to have these variety shows and these vaudeville guys would come on and all that, uh, on the Ed Sullivan show, there was a guy who used to come on and give these little talks about how motors worked. They were like, yeah, he would come on and he would, he would say, and now we're, tonight we're going to talk about how the carburetor works. And they were like little serious talks and he became nationally known, very famous. Uh, who, what was his name? Because his name was very big. At one time, he was a big celebrity. Okay, you don't know that one. All right, I'll go on further then. And there used to be days in the in there game shows. Let's take game shows. There were there was a time when game shows were extremely literate. Yes, as a matter of fact, a game show was presided over by a professor of literature and English from Northwestern University. Who was that? But what was the name of the show? 
That's the question. You all know the name of the guy. What was the name of the show? <laughs> all right, I'll ask you another one. Speaking of game shows, there was a time when game shows were so, you know, everybody watched them in the top ten, right up the top all the time. A famous anchor man of the period stopped being an anchor man to take the job of host on a game show. What was the game show and who was this anchor man, a television anchor man? Nationally known. Yeah, I'll give you a, a, a very curious clue. The show is still on. <laughs> okay, gang. All right. Now these are these are real real trivia questions. Who was the who was the guy? He was an anchor man, a famous newsman. All right. Now I'll ask you another question. Now now we'll go further. You you like this? Do you enjoy this? All right. I'll give you another another uh, another type of question, very very similar. Uh, okay, there used to be, uh, and by the way, the reason I was so you know, this fascinated me because you know being being uh, at that time I was in college and I was really fascinated by all the stuff that was coming on because it was in a sense in the, in the business, you know. <laughs> and I had a I had a I had a TV show, so you know a lot of this stuff uh, was was fascinating me because I used to see this stuff coming in all the time. Now. There was a, a daytime show that was a very famous show, a husband and wife, kind of a funny soap opera. And the name was the name of the two people, like, uh, say, like uh, Marsha and Fred. What was the name of the show? I'll give you one clue. The, one of the per characters was named Ethel. All right. <laughs> now, 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 it, now, this is true TV. And who played the two characters, two famous actors? Uh, now, oh boy, are you flailing? All right. Now, 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 there was a show. There was a show where where a guy sat on a stool, and they brought stuff in from ever. He one of the great bits. He says, "I'm going to show you something now," and uh, he said. He says, uh, you know, and it was live, absolutely live. He says, now I'm going to show you on the screen the Atlantic Ocean. And you saw the ocean. And then he says, and now we're going to switch, and I'm going to show you the Pacific Ocean. It's the first time in history that people could see both oceans. Really at the time they were, they were what was the name of that show? And it was on Sundays. He did all these great things. He used to take you all around the world. He would say, and now we're going to switch where uh, they're, they're uh, doing this uh, fantastic festival in, uh, in Bombay, and it's going on right now. Who was that, and what was the show? Hmm? You asked for it? No, no. Well, who was the MC? The very famous guy. I'll give you one clue. The MC always ended, and he, he pra practically made this phrase popular. He would he would look out at the uh, the audience right at the end. He would just say, "Peace." Who was that? All right. What was the show? It was Dave Garraway. It was a, it was a great concept. Uh, <laughs> now you want, these were all big hits in their time. What what show? I'll give you another one. What show was on on Sunday afternoon? It's hard to believe that they had shows that were of such intellectual content that were national smashes. 
what show originated in a museum? And it would, oh, no, wait a minute, it wasn't about the museum. It would originate in the museum, and the way it would start out, you'd hear this, this great uh, classical music, and you'd see this dark, swirling screen, and suddenly out of the screen would come a mysterious object, maybe a, a broken piece of a pot or, a, or a, an idol, and the voice would say over it, this is a, a, uh, a burial object of the Chapra Indians, of the Ukiali tribe of the upper Amazon, the late 13th century. And then it would come back, you'd scream, would come back, you'd see the object now, and these three great anthropologists and, 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 uh, and, and uh, archaeologists would stand around it. They, you knew what it was, but they didn't. And they had to work their way through, just like the great experts, until finally they came down to the, to the denouement. Of, uh, they actually hit it, what it was. What was the name of that show? See? I'll give you a clue. It originated at the University of Pennsylvania Museum of Archaeology. And it was a great show. All right, now, we'll even take you further. There was a, it's hard to believe that, that there was a Western in the afternoon. There was a Western show, a, a, a Western soap opera, in a sense, about this Western town. And it was on live and and uh, the sun was shining and these guys were fighting it out and it was in, in fact a western soap opera and it was on the network what was the name of the show <laughs> well all right uh, this these uh, this is true trivia you know these are uh, so it, it may surprise you to know there was a lot of stuff on television at the time the Howdy Doody was on. This is the stuff we're talking about. So if you can remember Howdy Doody, you can just as easily remember this, because it was all there. Uh, all right. Uh, every Wednesday night, there was a boxing show. A boxing show. The Wednesday night network boxing. Who sponsored it? No, it was not. I'll give you one clue. It had nothing to do with shaving or razors. No. And there was a running guy on it every week who did the commercials. I'll give you a, a further clue. They were sponsored by a beer. And he did a commercial in which he was so-and-so, the bartender. And he would well, and they were live. They were, the spots were done live. He would travel around the country, and wherever he was, he'd say, we're here tonight in the Cow Palace. And, uh, you know, and he'd draw this beer, and he'd tell you about the beer between the third and the fourth round. And uh, he, he wore a bartender's costume. What was his name and was, what was his, his air name? In other words, was he Al the bartender? Was he uh, Murphy the bartender? What was it? All right, I'll, 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 all of you, here, here's, to, here's to the local, local crowd here. When the Mets first came on the air, and everybody knows about the Mets, when the Mets first came on the air, is the, is the theme on now? Sneaking in then, how about it? When the Mets first came on the air here, they were sponsored also by a beer. What was that beer? Hmm? One word, it was not Valentine. They were the Yankee sponsor. It was not Schaefer. You're struggling everywhere. Well, try Rangel. You may be right. Uh, so you didn't get that one. All right, now, there was a guy that was on. They used to have a, a mythical tavern. And he would 
in between innings, he would lie. They would say, now let's go down to, and he would be in this mythical tavern where he is serving this beer, and they've got the game on television. The commercials were done live. Who was the actor? A very famous actor. A New York actor. He's been in millions of stage plays, television shows, movies, and he was the bartender for years on that show. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's amazing how little you know about the thing that, that uh, you think you know about. It really is amazing. Just astounding. Uh, all right, I'll ask you one final question. Who became a famous performer doing the play-by-play -play wrestling broadcast? He's still famous. Yes, he's still famous. See, the trouble with most people is that they lead lazy lives. They want other people to tell them things. They don't want to find out, who told me this stuff? No, 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 I, I, I really study what's around me. Most people just let it flow around, and five minutes later, they say, was that Wednesday that went by? Yes, it was Wednesday. <laughs> You've been listening to Gene Shepard, humorist, author, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for 1976.